This call is being recorded. Or Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns. Your team every day. Your host, Jeff Lloyd from SI.com's Browns Maven. Pete, your local experts on the biggest story for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Uh, before we get into this, and we got a lot to get to here tonight, I uh, just want to thank everyone. I know Pete's numbers are through the roof and, you know, the traffic headed his way. So appreciate everybody at underscore Pete Smith underscore myself at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd and the show itself at Lockdown Browns, all caps, follow back account. DMs are open. Guys, you always know that until you aggravate me, then we'll kick you out of here. Um, we got to have our introductory press conference today and not to, you know, throw the parade. Look, it's, you should – the only time you would really get emphasis to an introductory press conference is if you fail it miserably. These things should go well. Uh, obviously did for Kevin and his family today, you know, the opening of the story of, you know, telling the kids we're moving, but, hey, we'll get you a dog. We'll go to Disney World. Look, just because he's a football coach doesn't mean his life's any different than anybody else. There's things you got to do to get your family through these things. Um, but, Pete, he spoke, Paul Podesta with Jimmy Haslam. It, Pete, the underlining of all three of it today, Pete, was is the vision is clear. And, you know, it seems that they are going to stick to this course. Well, I mean, hopefully. I mean, that's it's certain, certainly reasonable to be skeptical given, you know, how many times people have heard that before. But um, he the was – <laughs> He was, you know, he was confident without, you know, feeling like he had to make a bunch of declarative statements or, you know, fan, you know, various fan service things. Um, you know, he's a guy who, you know, he's he's not the typical, uh, you know, professional NFL coach. Um, he's been at the same place 14 years. So for him and his kids, you know, they've lived in the same place their entire lives. Uh, so it's, you know a big deal for them to sort of move. It's not like traditional, you know, every year, every few years type deal. Um, you know, he, he was good about humanizing himself in that element, uh, you know, talking about his kids and bribing them, uh, you know, talking about uh, his, his uh, dad's uh, appreciation for Jim Brown, trying to, you know, get the media to essentially tell, tell him where uh, they were from in the area, that type of stuff. Uh, he didn't give a lot of details, uh, which is, you know, whatever. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he wasn't lacking for, you know, knowing the answers. He just, a lot of it, he's sort of waiting to make determinations on his staff before he does things like decide who's going to call plays and, and some of that stuff. Uh, you know, he he's gave a lot of sort of vague platitudes as far as offense. He, you know, he wants to, He's going to take what he did in Minnesota, and that's a starting point. Um, he wants to be aggressive. He wants to be multiple. Loves Baker Mayfield, uh, which is hardly surprising. He's already talked to him and some other players. Um, focused uh, on stuff like how hard he's going to work uh, as opposed to just, you know, declaring they're going to, you know, win the division or win the Super Bowl or any of that stuff. Um, yeah, intelligent, thoughtful guy. Uh, not super aggressive, just sort of, 
he, you know, he took his time to answer questions and, and, you know, he, 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 I thought he was, you know, pretty good. I, I, I don't get the whole, you know, winning the press conference crap. Uh, I just thought what he, some of the stuff he had to say was interesting. He wants to uh, hire uh, a di- diverse coaching staff. Uh, he was asked about, you know, African-American coaches. Uh, I don't know why we always, you know, specifically make it African-American, but whatever. Um, the defensive coordinators he's been linked to, with the exception of Wade Phillips, all of them are African-American. So he seems to be holding true to that. And, um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what, 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 where he goes from here. It's about assembling a staff. It's about finding the GM and doing those things. He, his approach seems to be about as methodical and, and uh, uh, as, as the one that got him here in the first place. So it's interesting from that standpoint that it's sort of more of a continuation of that. He addressed the dreaded analytics question and basically said, look, it's information. Information is power. If it gives him an edge, uh, then he's going to use it. So um, those those were reasonable answers. I don't think he said anything terribly soundbite worthy. I think maybe the most, uh, the best quote he gave, if you're trying to do that or, you know, make the t-shirt, so to speak, would be saying personality, personality is welcomed, production is is uh, demanded or whatever. That's, again, these are fine. He did, he did what he was supposed to do. Yeah, and it was actually funny because um, if, if you haven't heard to it yet, um, obviously you know, the show with me and Pete from last night is up. Um, I got to speak with today Sage Rosenfeld. Sage Rosenfeld's 12-year NFL vet. Um, he was with the Vikings in 09 with Kevin Stefanski, then came back uh, for 12 and 13. And he was able to talk about the maturation of Kevin Stefanski. And he was able to talk about – and here's one thing that kind of stuck with me was um, – you know, keep in mind, Kevin was there for 14 years, but Kevin was also there for three head coaching staffs. And, you know, most of the time when you get the rollover, I mean, you're talking, you know, 90 to 95% when a new head, head coach comes in. So that means the Vikings brass not only once went to another staff saying, hey, this is a kid we really like. We think he's really improving. And he was able to stay with the organization. Then you went again. And said, look, here's a guy we think is getting closer down the path. We think there, you know, might be a coordinator here one day, something more to it. And again, he got held over. So, you know, to stay, A, to stay 14 years with one organization is really saying something. To do it through the tenure of three staffs really is something as well. Um, and here is one. And, you know, I brought up the analytic approach and to talk about this. And, and this must be a Kevin. Stefanski line because Sage Rosenfeld's literally said the line information is power. And this was an hour and 45 minutes before Kevin ever took the state, ever took the podium in Cleveland today. So this is obviously something that Kevin has said for a while. Um, It's nothing new. Um, So if you haven't checked that out, go ahead and check it out. Sage Rosenfeld's didn't give you all, you know, everything in the biscuits, but he gave you a, you know, a lot of ideas as to what we should be looking for. It was a fun interview, but that information is power. That was one that resonated. And as soon as he said it, I was like, Oh, this is obviously not the first time these words have come out of Kevin Stefanski's mouth. Well, I've always been led to believe if you control the mail, you control information. So, um, 
you know, we'll, we'll, it, it, it's good. Being smart is good. I, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, they, they embrace that. And, you know, when he asks what, you know, to describe what type of team he's going to uh, uh, put out there, the first word he used was smart. So these are things that I think are valuable. Uh, he did um, dismiss the idea that, you know, he had to hand game plans over to the analytics department or ownership or something to that effect. Uh, which didn't stop another, you know, report coming out about the, about that whole thing uh, from the same source. Uh, the MMQB seeming, you know, just I don't know if it's scorched earth, but it, it doesn't seem to seem to be able to get over the fact that this guy has a job or that they're going to use analytics as if it's you know the devil or whatever, like the, trying to paint Paul De Podesta as some like grand puppet master in all this when he just seems to be more interested in getting getting the Browns to be more informed yeah um and I, I was told this story on that I, I won't put it out here and look I mean you guys probably know who we're talking about and I've tried to be on the show several times I've been a big fan I don't understand this reaction here and this is the thing and you know and a lot of you know a, a lot of People give us credit, and you guys just can stay calm and talk about it. Well, it's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to, because a head search didn't go your way, all of a sudden kind of just, you know, get aggravated and throw things and, you know, fire off a tantrum or whatever. Look, I mean, regardless who the head coach of this team is, regardless who the general manager of this team is, regardless of who's playing wide receiver, regardless who the quarterback is, if this is what you're doing and covering this team, None of that changes. You need to show up, report the information, and yes, you can give your analysis on it and all that stuff as well. But at the end of the day, you still got a job to do. So I don't understand all of that. Um, Pete, the one thing I, I did like in um, was Paul De Podesta, and it, it's really you know, I, I guess because he hasn't really been used so much now for two years. Had to explain to everybody what he does. And it's kind of saying that, all right, well, I need to make sure that we know what our vision is, and I've got to make sure everybody else is, okay, well, if that's what you think, does that, you know, and basically said it, does that fit into our vision? I have to take what you think. Does that fit into our vision? So there's going to, you know, it's basically he's putting everybody's thoughts into a blender, so to speak, and saying, all right, well, is this going to taste good or is this going to taste like clay? Well, the the theme of the day seemed to be trying to uh, make analytics more relatable uh, and consumable for the average person uh, that doesn't really get into that stuff, basically just saying it's information. And he was, uh, Paul DePodesta was asked not only what he does, but he actually got a question that asked, "What does what do the analytics say about Kevin Stefanski?" As if that's even a question that can be answered. That's again, it gets back to this notion that like there's a, a computer that's going to spit out a piece of paper that you know the, they plugged in data for their head coach, and 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 the computer spit out Kevin Stefanski on it. Um, or, and and you know, Deep Podesta has said, you know, explained what he does and and all that stuff, had to explain why or how he, he commutes back and forth. It was 
I guess informative for some people. I, I, I it just was embarrassing on a lot of fronts. Uh, you know, I, my expectation is the people who don't like him are going to continue to not like him. Uh, but you know, he answered the questions. Maybe that maybe there's some small amount of people that realize, oh, this is actually useful. Um, which would be great. I mean, that's more power to it. It just it, it feels like there's a a, a piece of, of you know fan base media whoever who are just gonna insist on 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 resisting this whole thing. So I mean, the the thing the Browns have to do is win uh, and, and be successful, so these people can essentially be forced to shut up. <laughs> It's and it goes along with you know kind of what we've been saying here, and this is what goes on you know with certain media and certain beat writers. Plenty are some of them are guilty of it. Plenty of them are. Don't be afraid to change. Don't be afraid to adapt. Don't be afraid to the fact that you may have to put more work into your work. That's what it comes down to. We're rolling on through here on Locked On Browns. Pete Smith, Jeff Lloyd, as we take you through. You are in Ohio. You are looking for good barbecue. I will give you a suggestion for good barbecue. My buddy John Vaughn. John is a big, big Browns fan. Open pit barbecue in Vermilion. John has a passion for barbecuing, grilling, smoking. Uh, there is you know, a Browns touch to the week, sandwiches, things of that nature. John does a fantastic job. Great guy. Go on hit anywhere near Vermilion. On, pop in, see John, talk some Browns, have a great meal. Sent you uh, open pit barbecue in Vermilion. Pete, I'm not sure what's gone over here, and I guess right at this point, be about the last 23 hours or so. Um, there was a lot of talk of Wade Phillips, and maybe there's still a role here for him in some capacity. We've seen we've got two finalists for defensive coordinator. Obviously, one you're extremely familiar with. Steve Wilkes, guys, if you listen to this show, you know Pete and I actually were kind of okay with that. And especially with – it always seemed like Steve Wilkes was getting, like, the short end of the stick. Like, the injuries were happening. Miles Garrett's suspension. Morgan Burnett, a guy we weren't really high on, actually played pretty well. Ter- you know, blows out an Achilles. And it always seemed like the, the bad juju, the bad karma, happened to Steve Wilkes on his side of the ball. The other candidate – Joe Woods, who handles the 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 passing the pass defense for the San Francisco 49ers. And here's your connection, folks, from 2006 to 2013. He was with the Minnesota Vikings. For Woods, Pete, it almost kind of seems like, you know, him and Stefanski are literally almost on, like, the same path as far as, you know, years in the league, the progression and the gradual moving up, you know, the, the ladder, the food chain, so to speak. For him to be mentioned here, not that he's not worthy of it, because he is, it almost kind of seemed like a, hey, if I ever get my shot, you're coming with me. And if I ever get my shot, you're coming with me. Um, I I think on the surface, this looks a tough one for Wilkes to win, even if you got to wait another three weeks on Woods. Look, it ain't going to change nothing. You got no games to play, no practices, nothing in that respect. but for me, I think Woods is going to win out here. It kind of just seems like, and they've been away from each other for 
a while now, it kind of seems like it's a tight relationship and a comfortability factor that Kevin Stefanski has. Um, I think Joe Woods is going to get the job. Uh, I think Joe Woods is more than uh, qualified and capable of doing the job. He was a really good defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos in 2017 and 2018, but they fired their head coach and replaced him with Vic Fangio. So he was out of a job and then, you know, all these coordinator jobs are sort of filled and you end up, you know, taking a, a defensive back assistant job slash passing game coordinator. Um, but they know each other for eight years with the Vikings together. Um, he's, he, he coached under Wade Phillips in Denver and then took the job over uh, when Wade Phillips left. Um, I would be interested to see if, you know, if, if they hire Joe Woods, who's 49, if, if there's any chance that Wade Phillips would be like a, a possibility as a senior advisor type role. Um, difficult to, you know, and not that he needs to or, or one way or the other, but I think uh, it's, it's a good fit. From that standpoint, obviously, they know each other. That helps. You know, it's nepotism in effect from that standpoint, but that's, that's just how it goes. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't dislike Steve Wilkes. I, there are things that I, I don't like that he does. I, I wish he ran more man than zone, given who he's got at corners. Uh, but I, I do think he was, you know, given a big bag of dog shit as the season went on, <laughs> going from, uh, you know, Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon to, you know, uh, Brian Cox Jr. and Port Augustine and Chad Thomas, like it's it's you know and you 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 you've got Mac Wilson out there who was bad. You, you have you know certain other players that just weren't very good. And there are questions you're six I and have. Seven safeties when you're playing a crucial game at Pittsburgh with the season on the line. Yeah, I mean, and obviously, I you know I don't know how involved he was in the signing of a guy like Jermaine Whitehead, but obviously it hurts you when you say he's a leader and all these other things, and he's. You know, he's pretty awful human being, or at least was in that moment, has been on multiple occasions. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you, you hope if you keep Wilkes, he will just get better. I, I still think a lot of his game plans were solid, other than the 49ers where he got boat raced. Uh, so I don't hate that notion. I think uh, Joe Woods might be a better fit for what the Browns have. But, I, I, again, I just don't hate the idea that if you had to – go with Wilkes another year that that would be some awful thing. Uh, uh, the thing with Wilkes is obviously there have been a couple of uh, assistants that were on the staff that have already gone to other jobs. Uh, Tosh Lapoy and uh, Joe Witt both went to the Falcons. So, you know, even if, if you decide to keep uh, Wilkes, you'd have to replace some staff, which might not be the worst thing in the world. On a couple spots, I thought Tosh Lapoy did a nice job. Uh, but I'm I, I'm inclined to think it will be Joe Woods, and I'm inclined to be happy with that decision uh, based on what little I know about him. Um, and this is where maybe the Wade Phillips things could work, um, because you know Wade obviously you know has experience as a head coach, you know a defensive side of the ball guy, and y you'd like it you'd like somebody here who at least has been a head coach in the past, and you know there can be times you know Stefanski just needs to vent to somebody about something and talk to somebody who's been there before. And, you know, Wade can do that. And obviously, you know, Wade, uh, you know, obviously you know, can put a 
plays in the defensive side of the ball. Um, George Edwards, when I talked with Dave Rosenfels today, he actually mentioned he wouldn't be surprised if he ended up here as a linebacker coach. And that is kind of interesting because they're in limbo here. Um, obviously, you know, Pete and I are praying like hell that they're going to, you know, this new regime is going to value Joe enough where something's going to get worked out and Joe's going to stay. But you're going to need a guy who's, if he's not, you're going to need somebody here because you're talking about two second-year linebackers. Neither one of them really wowed at any point last year. So talking at least maybe one or two more younger guys, and you'll try to find a veteran. Um, so you need somebody with some serious experience there to hopefully develop and at least tell these kids you know what they need to learn because it didn't really elevated or got better as the year went on last year. Well, that's one thing with Wilkes is I, I can't imagine Wilkes staying wouldn't, you know, be good for Joe Schobert. Um obviously Wilkes was a big fan, uh praised him. Uh I I, I, I would hope and I would assume that Joe Woods would be a similar deal because you know, given the type of linebackers he, he had with the Broncos and obviously the type they had in San Francisco, it would seem like he'd be a good fit for that. So hopefully that, you know, either one of those is an indication that this team is going to get that deal done. Uh, but again, I mean, it's it's changing systems again, even if it's not, you know, a huge change maybe uh, with Woods, whereas you theoretically could try to, you know, keep the th- same thing going with, uh, with with a guy like Wilkes, and it's really just a question of which system is better, uh, and we'll, we'll see. But if I had to bet money on it right now, I would say Joe Wood. Uh, I, I I agree, and it, I mean the thing ha- the thing is is Kevin Stefanski's got a long relationship with Joe Woods, and you know as much as I hate to, and I hate what happened to Steve Wilkes in Arizona. I hate what happened to him here this year. And, you know, he made it to be a head coach again. And it, it kind of sucks. Definitely got a raw deal in that respect. Sometimes this game just a cruel game. Before we get to listener questions here. Pete, your boy, Tristan Wirfs, declared today. Uh, as you, we talked last night a little bit in Mock Draft Mondays on Lockdown Browns. You can check it out. Make sure you do. Pete, uh, you're talking four possibilities now of offensive tackles in that top 10. Browns holding the number 10 selection. This bodes well. And Pete, because he moves enough and he's got that SOB attitude. Well, I think uh, we'll, we'll see how, you know, athletic testing and all that stuff goes, but like all these other guys, he's basically 20, uh, 21 area, and he's he went to the University of Zone Blocking, which presumably is what the Browns are going to be using. Uh, you, you know, Iowa and Kirk Brent, that's all they do. Um, I, I think he he you know if he does what he's supposed to in the in the in the draft process, I think he's going to be their ideal target. Doesn't mean he's the only one that can do it, but I, I have to think that he would be a huge uh, tempting target to, to grab if he's sitting there at 10 and, and it could be a situation where now the Browns are, you know, debating uh, him versus Becton, uh, you know, the, the, the arguing, you know, potential versus ability to step in and play right now. 
Uh, you know, Beckton's obviously the left tackle. I don't think Werps would have a problem switching, but I, I, I don't dislike the fact he's a right tackle. Um, so there's, it's, it's good news in that it gives the Browns another very attractive option at the position they need to address the most. Uh, so right now I'm, I'm kind of, you know, sitting there hoping that one, that everybody crushes the draft process. So they're all good, but, uh, uh, I'm hoping that the Browns are sitting there at, 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 with the 10th pick and both of them are sitting there and they can choose between whichever the one they like best. Yeah. And I, I will say, another thing taking the Rosenfeld uh, interview today is I wouldn't, rule out if somebody was just a right tackle you know he bought up you know kevin stefanski and he likes to roll quarterback out and you know most of the time you're doing that to the right side you're not doing it in the blind so it is something that if somebody had that experience there i wouldn't totally blow that theory out of the water as far as that we're gonna get to some listener questions here in a second uh, as we keep on rolling on through just putting out content for you guys i mean right now there's a bunch so we're doing our best to provide you guys with as much as we can. Zabo Apparel. Um, guys, when I talk about, you know, and Pete brought it up before, what's t-shirt worthy? It's not. Kevin Stefanski didn't really give you that today. Although, you know, information is power. Isn't bad either. Maybe not so much for Brown wise. It's just a good motto to live with in general. But my folks, at Zabo Apparel on Twitter, Zabo Apparel ethic put in i love the fact that it's just not you know here it is here's something let's have it out within an hour it's you know it's more dedication to the players and you know in the city and the team and that type of stuff the product is quality holds stands up to a wash it's worth the money to spend for it great family dad craig is a uh veteran himself two kids serving the armed forces love the family love the product at zabo apparel s-z-a-b-o Listener who pointed that out to me. I probably should have done this more than once. Uh, ZaboApparel.com, S-Z-A-B-O. Go ahead and check it out. Now, Pete, here we got a question, and this is um, Matthew. No, doesn't have an Abby. Matthew, always get an Abby. Always get an Abby. I'll give you something here. Um, there's a lot of talk about Kevin Stefanski and his use of play action. The Browns last year tried to do some play action. It didn't look pretty. Is it an easy fix or does it depend a lot on assistance? Pete, not executing play action passing, a lot comes down to just execution. It's not hard to do. It's attention to detail. I mean, you know, if you're, you know, this isn't so much where you're wary on Nick in that type of thing. And a lot of times Baker was rushing back to his spot because maybe his spot too too deep but it's not too hard to execute good play action well uh it's it's about attention to detail um and that's that's the deal you have to make it you know that's a lot of that is quarterback and tailback meshing if that's what you're trying to sell uh making it look like a run so teams have to be honest to it um which stefanski stressed today he, he, you know, he wants, uh, as a former Penn DB, he said he wanted, you know, it was, it was the hardest to deal with runs that look like passes and passes that look like runs. So, I mean, you have to treat it like that. You can't, you, you have to be honest to the mesh. You have to be honest to, you know, selling blocks. 
you know, to be honest, to, you know, selling whatever it is you need to do, chips, whatever, to be able to do that effectively. And, and that's something that, you know, I think uh, was hurting the Browns early. And I think Mayfield was part of it, that they just weren't, weren't good on the details with that type of stuff. So those are areas where it's just a lot of time reps and, you know, focus on those, on those little things. It's, you know, I mean, it to not do it right becomes a little bit of laziness. It, it, it does. Um, and if you're going to, you know, run well, that's great. You should be able to do play action off of it. And it just comes down to, putting in a little bit extra and that's something you kind of see from Kevin Stefanski is because he likes to keep himself in manageable third down situations. So running the ball play action, it's, it's a key to what he likes to do. And it doesn't mean there aren't shot plays. Stefan Diggs went up. uh, I think it was almost eight yards um, per reception this year. So there's shot plays. There are, you just, you know, just make it all work together. Um, at Flint, uh, there's a whole bunch of numbers, my buddy, JJ, good dude. Um, what were the biggest takeaways from Stefanski's pressers? For me, it was the coach open to letting someone else take, uh, call plays. Um, I found it refreshing and yeah, I agree. This was, this was probably, and look, Kevin Stefanski most likely may end up calling plays, but point, the point here is, is saying, let's get it all together. Let's get everybody in the room. Let's figure it all out. And then we'll start making what's the best decisions. And, you know, obviously this is in retaliation and why the question was brought up to Freddie last year, not letting go. And then once it started, got leaked out that, you know, Monken basically was setting up the first 10 to 15 plays, which usually looked pretty good. And Freddie's stubbornness after the fact. But he's going to call the plays beat, I most likely believe. But at least you gave the correct answer to this question. Well, I guess the biggest thing was that he was malleable. Um, he doesn't seem to be stuck on doing anything a particular way uh, yet. For better or for worse, it seems like he's more interested in sort of uh, seeing where things end up and then making decisions as opposed to just determining determining how they're going to go you know, beforehand. Uh, and it remains to be seen if that's effective, but he seems to be uh, willing to sort of consider other options or, or he's at least saying the right things in terms of doing what's best for the team. 100% agreed. Um, David Rose, we did get you to questions today about the um, you know, minority hires. And it's actually funny. David, really good dude. David's a Viking fan. He's actually a loyal Lockdown Brad listener. He kind of got stuck with this through the draft process, and we appreciate it, David. Uh, don't leave anytime soon. Uh, Andrew Harbaugh. Uh, Andrew's a really, really good guy. Um, Pete, uh, Andrew's headed to Mobile for his second year. Uh, hopefully looking for the poss- forward to the possibility of running into you, Andrew, Jen and Tonic. If you're looking to hit Pete's sweet spot, one of those or two of those might do that. Pete, who are a couple of the players at the Senior Bowl you're looking forward to, uh, to see perform the most? Who is this? Andrew Harbaugh. Uh, I don't think I know him. All right. What was the question? Well, he's asking who you were looking forward to most come mobile time. Uh, uh, right off the right off the rip, it's uh, Tega Winogo. 
I, I, you know, I, other than basically day one, um, which is going to be in, in, in shorts and no pads, I, I expect I'm going to spend most of my time um, in or near where the offensive linemen are working out, or offensive and defensive line are working out. Uh, so that's the stuff that I'm, I'm most interested overall. There's certainly a number of players uh, that, I, that I have interest elsewhere. Jared, uh, Pickney, uh, the, uh, the tight end from Vanderbilt, is very good. Um, he's interesting. I'm curious how he'll test, but he's a guy who just likes to do a lot of blocking and those type of things and theoretically could be an H-back type guy. Um, obviously, uh, now we have to look and see what kind of, what, what they're going to bring to the table in terms of fullbacks. Um, so bingo. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's a bunch of players that are interesting. Um, the kid, the wide receiver from Arizona State is interesting. Ayuk uh, or however you pronounce it. Um, so there's a lot of things. Apparently, Luke Keekley just retired. So there's that. Uh, Luke Keekley's had a history of head injuries, so I'm not actually that surprised about that. And for Carolina, maybe we went from Cam Newton. I wouldn't be surprised if Greg Olson, another one. Um, it's going to be a little – we're going to take a step down, take a step forward. And I've got Joe Brady today. Um, Carolina, he's got no problem now in chasing what he wants down. Uh, but Andrew Harbaugh, guys, we check it out at Mandrew. NFL draft on Twitter and check him out and his guys over it at CSC scouting coast to coast scouting. Andrew's a good guy. And, uh, like me, like Jake Burns, he's also got that, um, that NICU child flick that we all got going on here. Pete, we've been busy as heck been bustling our butts tell everybody what they can find over at Brown's Maven. What's the latest over there? Uh, it's, you know, everything uh, coaching hire now, uh, and now seeing where they go from here, uh, I'm working on trying to finish what this is going to, what I think is going to change as far, or what I think he should bring as far as the offense goes, some of those things. So now that we actually have um, a coach, we can sort of take the next step. And at some point, I've got to uh, get, you know, my, my, my Shrine game stuff done. Uh, you know, I, I can't watch the practices, and I'm not I'm not down there. But I did catch that uh, a couple tweets that Roy Bravion is is doing some stuff, which is good. I like him out of Baylor. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's it's the 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 Browns coaching search is is uh, where it has ended up. Um, is is a lot of stuff is is very close to happening. So it'll be a little bit of a crunch here. Yeah, and in some respects, it's kind of put us a little bit behind the eight ball. Um, we'll get you some senior bowl stuff and you know, previews at least. Um, we'll figure that all out before he is uh, down to Mobile on Monday. Uh, again, guys, appreciate the support. And it, it's nice to see all these things and everybody, you know, thank us. And look, we love doing it. And look, would we, like I said last night, would we rather be talking about a potential playoff game on Sunday? Absolutely. But. Like I did, got to take what's in front of you, and that's what you got to do. And there's no pissing and moaning. This is what the job is. This is what the gig is. This is what you do. This You've got to do what's in front of you. This is the task for the day. So make sure you're following the big guy, at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Uh, everything at Browns Maven, 
uh, anything through SI.com. You're clicking on Browns. You're reading Pete. You're reading his crew. They're doing a fantastic job. They are putting it down. Um, the show itself, at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. DMs are always open. Always a follow-back account. You guys have been just too damn good to appreciate that. Me personally, at J or LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs open over there. Look, you got something you got something you want to talk about. You think it's good. We, you know, if I like it, I love it. We're gonna put it in the show. We're getting closer here to where we need conversational topics. So keep keeping it coming. And if it's something you just want to do through DMs, I do my best to try to accommodate you guys there. Um if you're all gonna be here for this ride, I'm gonna do everything I can to try to keep you here. And you know, my you know, my word is oak or whatever, you know, from uh Jerry Maguire, so to speak. Uh, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Guys, there's a bunch of stuff out there for you. Any, you know, go ahead and make sure you check it out, whether it's, you know, the official, you know, hiring Stefanski, Pete and me, uh, Pete and I last night, taking you through your first mock draft Monday. Sage Rosenfels dropped some great tips today as well. Anything you need, and of course, the five-minute Googles, check it all out. Busting our bus, trying to just give you guys all you need. And thanks, everybody. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.